Good morning. It is great to be here in Cedar Home. We live in Cedar Home. So it was a quick commute to come here this morning. It's great. I'm one, one of the pastors out at Camino Chapel. Been there since 2003, but I'm really, really glad to be here this morning. I know many of you, many of you knew me when I was skinnier and didn't have facial hair. I weigh more now and have gray hair. So um, my wife, Allison, is here. Uh, we've been married for 19 years now. We've been together for 25 years. Dating, we were high school sweethearts. I graduated from Stanwood High School. My dad was the superintendent here for years. My mom worked at the church. I'm um, invested in this community. I love this community. Um, I love uh, Cedar Home as well. I have uh, three children. Caitlin is 16. She just started driving a couple days ago. Um, that's a prayer request for you guys. Um, Sorry, Caitlin, I didn't mean to do that to you. Uh, Blake is 13. Uh, he's at Stanwood Middle School. And then Braden is 11. He's also at Stanwood Middle School. So thank you uh, for having me here this morning. My grandma had a saying. And the saying was, if a family prays together, they stay together. My grandma died last year at 105 years old. She had... Five children, eight grandchildren, and 18 great-grandchildren. She loved to read her Bible. She loved to whistle old hymns. And generally, she just loved to share life together with other believers. So I believe my grandma's smiling this morning as I'm preaching at another church in the same community as we share life together as believers. Amen? Amen. I'm one of those preachers that likes a little feedback just so I know you guys are listening. So um, I'm, I, I like to consider myself a Pentecostal with the seatbelt on, okay? So there's no standing up. Don't say amen too loud because then that'll distract me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good enough. That'll work. So it's no mystery why sharing life together, which is the title of the message this morning, is so natural to me. My grandma prayed for me years and years. I remember in, uh, a few years ago, she had a heart attack at 98, and the doctor said, I don't know if she's going to make it. My dad said, I know she'll make it. And I remember crying to my dad. I said, I'm not ready for her to die because she prays all the time. And then when she passed away, I was like, she gets to spend the rest of eternity after 105 years on this earth. So it's not a mystery. I love hanging out with people. It's my passion. I love to shepherd people. I love to be shepherded by people. And I'm not drained about around being around people. So sharing life together in short is bringing the first century church, which we're going to be looking at this morning in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, you can get those out. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 3. And bringing the early church to the 21st century church. We need to understand a few questions and a few things before we dive into this passage. Where does sharing life begin? My first point this morning is accepting the sovereignty of God. The second, recognizing Jesus is the cornerstone of our lives. And the third, the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit in our lives. When we recognize this and trust this, we can begin to bring glory to God by making disciples of Jesus through gospel-centered worship, 
connection, service, and multiplication. That might sound familiar to you because that's the core value or existence of this church here at Cedar Home. I spent some time looking at your website this week because I wanted to get to know your church. And what I realized is you guys like to do a lot of the same things we like to do. You like to share the message of Christ with people in the community. You like to hang out in community groups. We call them salt groups. It's the same thing. It's people studying in the home, their Bible studies, connecting with people, sharing life together. That's what God created us for. So it's truly an honor to be preaching here this morning. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that because I have to. It's somewhat of a dream come true of mine. A pastor of another church coming to the sa- a church in the same community and preaching. Sharing life together. So thank you to Brian for asking me to be here this morning. We have lunch two or three times a year. And he misunderstood and said that we play basketball together. That's not what it's called, what we play. It's running into each other and once in a while the ball goes in the basket. I've run into him a few times. He wins. But I also want to thank Pastor Dan, although he's not here. I've been friends with Pastor Dan since he took the job of being a youth pastor here. And I love Dan, and I love his family. And so I'm thankful he's getting some time to be refreshed, and I'm thankful to be here. So if you have your Bibles, let's go there. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 3. We're going to go to verse 11 if you, if you, you need to know here. After his suffering, that being Jesus, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times of dates or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven." background of Acts real quick. It describes God's plan to create the church around Jesus. It describes what Jesus continued to do through the church and describes the event where the Holy Spirit descended upon the church. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible for one reason. It's the triune God working together. We see it. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's pray this morning. Lord, as we read your word, may it penetrate our hearts. 
May we be changed when we walk out the doors today because of your spoken word. The words that I say today, Lord, may they penetrate the hearts. Conviction, Lord, encouragement. Prepare our hearts to hear your message this morning. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Sharing life together begins with the condition of our heart and accepting the sovereignty of God, recognizing Jesus as the cornerstone, and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. So our first point this morning, accepting the sovereignty of God, the supreme ruler, possessing supreme power, acting independently and with outside help, without outside help or interference. I was talking with somebody, I can't remember if I was listening to them or if they were talking to me or I was listening on a, a podcast and they said, regardless if you believe in the sovereignty of God makes him no less sovereign. So whether we accept it or not, God is sovereign and, and acts independently outside of what we think he should do. Although don't we like to give opinions on what we think he should do? That's called control, right? So we're going to look at the first two verses of chapter 1. Accepting the sovereignty of God. God is the ruler and he's always been. Especially as we read the Old Testament with Israel. Verse 3 refers to the kingdom of God. And this usually is referred to as the kingdom that God has set up for his believers to live with him for all eternity. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created. In Exodus 3.14, it says, Moses, God says to Moses, I am who I am. He's always been. He's the redeemer. He's the faithful one, the one that brought Jesus to bring the new covenant. God is sovereign. Verse 4, it refers to the gift my father promised. God the creator was going to give the Holy Spirit whom Jesus had talked about throughout his ministry. The working of the triune God to us. Our willingness to submit to his authority and accept his sovereignty frees us to worship and be led by God and share life together. As we receive God's gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, we need to recognize that Jesus is the cornerstone. Every couple years, the church, the church, Camano Chapel, that is, I gotta remember, I'm at a different church now. The Camano Chapel has asked me to lead a trip to the Holy Land, to Israel. And when we go there, we see all these old buildings and in the archway, archways of some of these old buildings, you'll see a cornerstone or a capstone. The capstone is the very top stone. If you were to pull that stone out, the archway would crumble. But there's also another cornerstone that a lot of people don't know about. It's actually in the building of some of these, these 
huge, massive buildings that they have. And at the corner of it is this cornerstone or this capstone. And if you were to take that out, the whole building would fall down. So you understand in Acts 4, later on in this same book, it says in chapter 11, he is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. He's become the stone by which the church is built on. Without him, the church crumbles. Recognizing Jesus is the capstone helps us to connect our community inside and outside the church and to serve our community inside and outside the church. Remember that Jesus said in John chapter four, verse six, I am the way, the truth, the life. We need to recognize that Jesus is the cornerstone of our life. In, in, the, in this passage, towards the end it says that they were staring at the sky. How many of you have a problem with staring? Be honest, raise your hand. How many, let's put it this way, how many of you are people watchers? <laughs> you're, you're, you stare then. <laughs> okay, I, I knew I had, they didn't want to admit it. I saw a couple of you, don't, don't be judging your neighbor and elbowing them, okay? Own up to your own sin, okay? I'm, I'm a stare, I love to people watch. Yesterday we went, we have a motorcycle ministry, we went on to a ride, we want to ride up to Orcas Island, and I'm on the ferry, and I'm telling you, going to Orcas Island, there's a lot of people watching you get to do, right? There's some unique people on the ferry, okay? No judgment there, just unique. And, I, and I, my wife wasn't with me, so I just got to stare to my heart's content, right? And that's what these guys were doing. They were staring. They're like, whoa, Jesus is, this is awesome. And the, and the guys come down, they say, what are you doing? Staring. I remember back when I was in college, I was a part of a group called Campus Crusade for Christ. I went to the University of Montana. and I remember we were gonna go on a mission trip and so I was getting my organization of what I was gonna do and how I was gonna raise the money and there was a group of people that, that were sitting in the front of the room and they were praying and I was like, okay, well, I'll go up and pray with them. And then afterward we got done talking and I'm like, okay, well, what are you guys doing to raise money? And they said, we're just gonna pray. I go, okay, what, I mean, what are you going to do to raise money? And they go, well, we're just going to pray. And I, I heard you say that, but what are you going to do to raise money? Well, we're just going to sit here and pray and hope that the Lord brings it to us. And I was like, well, that's an interesting strategy that you have going there. And I, I, I remember thinking to myself, well, are they going to ever get the money to go on this trip? As they stared in the sky, right? They were just praying. They weren't doing anything. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it tells us that we are to put our faith into action. I think their hearts were right, but God was saying, I don't want you to just sit there. I want you to go do something. What has God laid on your heart this morning as Jesus of, the, of your cornerstone of your life? How about mowing the lawn of the church. 
Although you don't need to mow it right now because all the lawns are dead unless you put water on them. But how about painting, church maintenance, van maintenance, providing meals, greeting on Sunday, saying hello to somebody that's new, helping in the nursery, discipling somebody new to the faith, learning to run the soundboard, although you probably need to ask back there before you just start doing that, playing an instrument in the worship band, as long as you know how to play an instrument, praying, hosting missionaries, visiting a shut-in, or maybe coaching a sports team. I told you earlier in the message that I was, I looked on your guys' website, these are some of the things that were on there of how you could serve here at this church and in our community. We're in a, my wife and I are in a small group and we're working on an idea of going to Mexico to build a house for a family. Do you know you can build a house in Mexico for $5,000? That's it. A little house for a family. They have the land, they pour the slab for you, you go there and you build it. In two days, you can build a house. I was reading that I'm probably gonna butcher the name of this, but that you as a church had worked together to build the well in, is it Swaziland? Yeah, something like that, you know what I mean. $15,000, you did that to raise the well. That's putting your faith into action. Finally this morning, Sharing life together begins with understanding the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Verse five and and eight this morning of Acts. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God, through Jesus, bound us to him through the Holy Spirit. He is our counselor and reason we're able to penetrate the hearts of others with words. Ours is the act of obedience. He is the one who changes hearts, softens, penetrates, and works in people's lives. We often say he's the one that has the quiet voice that quiet voice that we hear. I think one of the greatest ways to bear fruit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, is to be together in these community groups. I see that in your, saw that in your bulletin. If you're not in a community group and you're feeling disconnected to the church, find out how to get connected through these community groups. Go over to people's houses and have a meal with them. Hang out with them begin to serve and share life together as you glorify God. One of the two most asked questions people new to a church, how do I get involved and how do I get connected? Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 tells us to not stop meeting and to spur one another on until the day comes. Until, the, until Jesus comes back. Meet together, fellowship, allow the Holy Spirit to work in your lives. 
God created us for relationship. In 2011, I was eating breakfast with one of my good friends down at the Duck Inn. You ever had the McDuck? It's delicious. I was eating breakfast, and I didn't have my phone with me. And I got into my car and saw that I had 11 missed calls from my wife. That's exactly whoever just went, oh, that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh boy, what did I do wrong now? So I called her and she said, you need to get down here. And I said, where's down here? I said, she said, I'm at the doctor's office. And I was like, why are you there? She goes, just come. I go, but I need to know why. She said, just come. So I drove from the Duck Inn down to the Skagit Medical Clinic. And there she was in tears. And I said, what's wrong? And she goes, you need to come in here. So I came in and she said, your mom died this morning. I said, what? You mean my grandma, right? She said, no, your mom died. My grandma was living with my parents and she was 92 years old at the time. My my mom was 63. And I said to myself, God, you got this one wrong. You took the wrong person. You took like one of my best friends and left my grandma with me. How am I gonna care for her? And you're thinking, well, what's the point of this story? It's a sad story, but what's the point? Here's the point. We were in a small group. Guess who picked up the pieces for us as we shared life together? We went, fast forward about two weeks. We're at a graveside service in Marysville, and we're coming home, and I'm like, I don't even know what we're going to do for food. We're having all these people over. We opened the front door, and guess where, and guess what happened? Food. Drinks. We had enough food that could feed this entire room three times. Our small group was there, and all they did was leave a note and said, hope this helps during your time of grief. That's sharing life together. That's putting your faith into action. That's understanding the power of the Holy Spirit as they work. We talked to them later, they just felt like, we didn't really know what we could do for you guys, but we knew you needed a meal on that day, and that's what we wanted to do for you. Sharing life together begins with the condition of our hearts. What is the condition of your heart this morning? Accepting the sovereignty of the God of the, and of the God the Father, recognizing Jesus that it is the cornerstone, that without him our lives break down. Maybe you're there this morning, you're broken. You've come to church maybe for the first time in a long time. experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We need to work together as a body of believers. How much more powerful is the message of Jesus Christ if the churches in this community rise up and say, this is the truth, this is the way, this is the life.
Let's work together to share the message of Christ with our community and beyond. Let's pray. God, you are an amazing God. We worship you and you alone. There are things that are happening in this world that we do not understand. But we know through the prescription of the book of Acts that you've given us a recipe of how to share life together and to share the message, to go out and be the light in this world. Thank you for this opportunity this morning to be together, to worship you. Lord, for those that might be here for the first time, that maybe you've pricked their heart and you're calling them to follow you, I pray that they would be obedient to that call. For those that have been going to this church for maybe 40 years, speak to them as well. And those that are in between, going through a difficult time, may we bind ourselves together, share life together as those that did in the first century church. Begin to, begin to penetrate the neighborhoods that surround this church with the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit as you guide us. We ask these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.